What's happening, fam? It's your boy Sherrod, and welcome to another podcast episode of Behind the Grind, powered by Sherrod Speaks. For each episode, I have a conversation. I go behind the scenes to talk to individuals like you and I that are making impact with their influence and making change happen in the places around us. My goal is to encourage, to inspire, to motivate, give you everything that you need, the faith, the fuel, the ammunition, whatever it takes to get you on your journey as you push through and grind through behind the grind. Let's go. All right, well, welcome back to another episode of Behind the Grind. I am your host, Sherrod Schuler, and I'm so glad to be back in the grind seat, back in the grind chair, as I call it, uh, to share with you another Behind the Grind podcast episode. Matter of fact, I'm very excited to share this particular episode. I can't wait for you to hear it. I can't wait for you to listen in on this conversation um, and as promised, you know, we're going to continue to bring um, great conversations. And as I mentioned, even in my intro, these conversations are with individuals like you and I. And I say that not to minimize the individuals uh, that we are interviewing, but I want you to hear uh, their stories, their backstories, uh, the wisdoms that the wisdom and the nuggets that they provide. These are some great conversations that I think can really encourage and inspire you. And so that's the goal of this program is to really highlight those individuals um, on their journey uh, to make impact, right, on their journey to make a difference here in this earth. Um, if you had an opportunity, hopefully you did, you got a chance to listen to last week's episode. And um, I really enjoyed it. It was with my good friend, Judge Tabitha Marsh. Uh, she's a powerful woman of God. Yes, you heard me correctly a powerful woman of God and a newly elected judge. And so we talk about all of that in our conversation. Uh, if you get a moment, um, maybe after this program, or if you can find time to go over there and listen, uh, go back and listen to that particular conversation. Well, this week, as I mentioned earlier, I'm excited to share with you. I'm so excited to share this conversation an opportunity for you guys to listen in on a conversation, eavesdrop, if you will, uh, on a conversation that I have with my mentor, uh, my pastor, uh, the person that inspires me, the person that I admire, uh, Bishop Hugh Daniel Smith. And when I say that, I'm not saying that lightly. He has uh, definitely been that type of leader in my life. Um, I have moved to Georgia and he is still my pastor. Yes, he is still my pastor uh, back home in Metro Detroit. Um, our home church is Embassy Covenant Church International. And so I can't wait to share him with you for those of you who don't know him. Um, this conversation that we had, however, was uh, recorded um, prior to COVID. And so um, the reason um uh, we were well. Let me give you a little backstory. We were supposed to share this episode a long time ago, um, but obviously COVID happened and the timing just wasn't right. And there were some things that we needed to uh, clean up on the uh, editing of the uh, podcast, and we just didn't get a chance to just really get this episode out. And I thought I had missed a window to share this particular episode, uh, but then he went and dropped a book at the beginning of this year. And uh, he also decided to create a program um, that I both have bought the book and am a part of the program. 
and uh, it reminded me of our conversation. So he just released a book called um, The Family Builder's Handbook. And so I mentioned that now because it's not in our conversation because at that time the book wasn't written, but it's The Family Builder's Handbook. It's an easy read, but a valuable read that you want to add to your library. If you are any part of the family, that means if you are a single parent, a single person, a a husband and wife, a couple, a family, a a grandmother, an uncle, you name it. No matter what your role in the family, this book uh, speaks to it all. It's about legacy. And so um, I thought this would be a good time to share this program. Um, It was a part of our conversation as we were just talking about family and and which demonstrates to you his commitment to this topic. Um, This was so long ago when we were talking about it and for him to launch this book and this program um, just lets you know how important uh, family is to him. And I think that is the missing ingredient um, as we're trying to navigate through so many things right now. I think COVID caused us all to reflect on how important our family really is. Well, with that being said, I, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. I've gone well over my intro uh, minutes. <laughs> but uh, without further ado, let's get into this conversation. I'm so excited to share with you this conversation with my pastor, Bishop Hugh Daniel Smith. Let's go. in a series uh, at church, of course, uh, the church that we attend, Embassy Covenant Church, shout out. But we've Thank been, you. <laughs> we've been um, on a series about family, and so today we're going to talk a little bit about family. Um, uh, family redemption is, is the current series right now, mm-hmm. but we've had a, quite a few uh, messages that have kind of been breeding in a focus on family, and so we're going to talk about that. But before we do, um, before we get too far into to our main discussion, I guess we want to introduce, because I'm sure there's a lot of people that don't know who you are. Um, like I said, I gave you all these different titles, and we don't have to go down that road, but one thing we do know is that you're a bishop and you're a pastor um, for the most part, but whatever you want to share to let people know a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm originally from uh, Battle Creek, Michigan. Okay, D.C., uh, as my wife calls it. D.C., called. we call it the creek, <laughs> and uh, I grew up there, pastored there for 23 years. Wow. And um, 15 years ago, we started the church at Embassy yes. in Troy, and now we're in Wald Lake, Novi. We call it Metro Detroit area. Metro Detroit, yes. And so I'm up here in this new area, and I'm enjoying myself. You know, I, I, we're making some strides. Good things are happening. Um, but I'm also responsible for several churches around the world with the organization mm-hmm. that we are privileged to lead. Right. We're in actually... 29 nations of the world, so we do a lot of traveling, mm-hmm. um, different cultures, different people, and and I love meeting people, and I love seeing what God is doing mm-hmm. uh, in so many people's lives. I mean, you know, the, the traveling broadens your thoughts yeah. and allows you to see what's possible. Some things that we thought were impossible, somebody else is doing it, right? and when you're exposed to different things, it, it, it causes you to just transcend limitations. You know, that's interesting you say that, but just by encountering your ministry, you know, you said 15 years in the Metro Detroit area, that's somewhere around the time where 
we kind of connected. And ever since then, it's brought my horizons to want to travel and to, to see the country. So you definitely have uh, opened up my horizons in that aspect. And so I thank you for that. I got my passport after me. <laughs> got to get your passport. <laughs> the world is small. It's small. It well, really is. Well, since I got you on the program, and it's behind the grind, I'm, I'm trying to get everything in I can. But one of the things, um, before we get again to the family and redemption, one of the things that I think is fascinating about uh, about you is that uh, going back into Battle Creek, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. it sounds like you were somewhat, rumor is that you were somewhat <laughs> a, an athlete back in the day, played a little basketball. Um, and, I, you know, for a while I heard him mention it. Now he might have played basketball. Some people said he was a pretty good athlete. But a few years ago, I got a chance to sit in on the Hall of Fame. At, was it Battle Creek Central? <laughs> that, was, that was at Battle Creek Central. Battle Creek Central inducted you in the Hall of Fame. So he must have been pretty good. So can you talk <laughs> a little bit about that and, and, and tell us how did maybe that career, you know, change? Maybe what changed? Uh, yes. I uh, <laughs> I grew up playing basketball like so many people in the urban sure. centers of, of the world. And uh, this was that was my first love. Wow. And, and you know, high school. I'm a pretty decent player. Got a little recognition. Okay. At the high school. I went on to college, uh, Alabama A&M. Okay. HBCU. Yeah. Wow. H2 of them. And Livingstone College in uh, Salisbury, North Carolina. Really? I was at both schools. I didn't, you know, I got called to the ministry. Actually, I got saved. I became converted to Christ. Did you play basketball in college as well? My freshman year, I was at Livingstone College in Salisbury, North Carolina really? to play basketball. Yes. I was on the team. Okay. I came home for Christmas break. Really? Had a life-threatening heart attack. Oh, wow. Okay. And after that, I ended up converting to Christ. I went back to school to finish to try to play basketball, but I transferred to Alabama A&M. So you were still trying to play? Yes. I I went back. Yes. Even after the the, the heart attack and converting to Christ, Okay. I went back to play basketball and... um, I got called to the ministry wow. while I was there. Wow, okay. And so that's when I transferred and started studying theology and just gave the whole thing up. So basically, God just basically <laughs> disrupted and interrupted your, your plans. He huh? changed my plan. That's why I believe in purpose. That's why yes. I believe there's an eternal plan because yes. I was trying to be a broadcaster. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I wanted to oh, be a broadcaster. Oh, you were trying to do something yes, like this. Yes, I was okay. going to be in the locker rooms with the players oh, and wow. broadcasting. Uh, that was my vision. Um, wow. But the Lord called me to the ministry. Oh wow! Well, we're glad. We're glad. <laughs> literally, we're glad that uh, you accepted that call. Yeah. Because uh, we definitely know, as you just mentioned, there's so many lives that you've impacted. Again, not just in the local uh, metro De- uh, Detroit area, Battle Creek area, but again abroad. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk a little bit, just briefly, about that. What drew you to to ministry abroad? Like, I mean, you know, a lot of ministries, you know, they're kind of a little focused in the the, the general area, the local area, but some kind, some kind of pull, people pull on you. Internationally, how does that happen? Yes, I met Bishop Tudor Bismarck, number okay. one, uh, who's my apostolic covering or pastor. We would use that okay. term. Sure. And he resides in Zimbabwe. Okay. But wow. I've always had this this desire in me to meet people from all walks of life. Okay. It was just something I think God put in me. Okay. Uh, I'm comfortable with people from everywhere. Right. You know, I could go to London, England, and say, "Hey, I could live here." Then I'll go to uh, Cape Town, South Africa, and say, I could live here. Wow. Uh, I find myself feeling at home regardless of wherever I am. Okay. And and so I think God has just called me to minister to the world, even though my first love and my primary responsibility sure. is right here sure. in the metro Detroit area. Okay. If you don't mind me asking, uh, what, I mean, you were in Battle Creek. What, what, what drew you to metro Detroit? Battle Creek has 53,000 people there. Okay. And I told you <laughs> I pastored there for 23 years. Okay. Um, but we, I felt we maxed out. Okay. You know, I, there were things that I wanted to do 
that I don't think the city was ready okay. for, and I okay. needed to be in a larger venue where people uh, responded a little different. And and this is what has happened since I've been here. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And again, once again, if, if you didn't make certain moves, maybe we wouldn't have had this connection that we had. And, and That's I, why it's so important to yeah. make certain moves in your life. You know, it was a controversial decision to leave the ah, city of Battle Creek. Everybody sure. wasn't happy with that sure. decision. Um, but I knew God was guiding me. Sure. And when you make those power moves, uh, since this is behind the grind, yeah, that sounds like something that fits with you. You got to make power moves in your life because if you miss those windows, right, you can find yourself yeah. uh, limited in, yep. in your life. If you're playing it safe, living in your comfort zone, ah. I've lived on the edge, you know, most of my safe life. Okay, and being guided by God to do so. Really, yes. were you were you always? Like that, or were you I was like that on the court. Okay, on the court, but prior <laughs> so to, part of my personality. Okay, okay. So you want to kind of push it to the edge? Oh, I was a push it to the edge kind of guy. It's That's an good. all or nothing. You that know? kind of I fits with the all behind the, the grind. <laughs> yeah, I leave it. I'm giving it my all. Yes. As a matter of fact, I took my energy for sports. Yeah, and just and channeled redirected it, it to ministry and things ah. like that. And it, it makes sense because I, you know, I see the way you, even you know the way that you handle. Uh, your messages, and you can tell that there's more to it. It's not just you wake up and just well, what am I gonna uh, speak about? It sounds like you put a lot into it, and and the word is rich and it's really full based upon that. I, I think there's a work ethic behind that. There's a work ethic place. behind it. I yeah. spend hours studying. Yes, I wow. spend hours praying. Wow, I spend I'm talking about hours. I've wow. I've studied for eight hour eight hours straight. Wow. But when I was playing basketball, I would spend hours the on thing. the court shooting one shot the same way right. over. And over again, so that same worth ethic has gone into ministry. Awesome. Well, before we uh, go into too much, as you can see, I'm here with the Bishop. I put on my uh, <laughs> my TV jacket yeah, I don't today. Even have one on. <laughs> That's all good. But out of, out of honor, right today, I wanted to, to, to throw on my jacket. <laughs> but anyways, let's let's talk today about um, you know again going back into the series that we were talking about family. Um, I think it's, it's it's a powerful series that's taking place. Um, What's your thoughts? What led you to uh, to this message? You know, why is it important right now? I think that um, the condition of families around the world, uh, mm-hmm. and I use the term the assault against traditional okay. family okay. around the world, uh, has reached a deplorable state where uh, people are losing hope and, and because the family is meant to be the seed or the foundation for society. It's the foundation. So if you destroy the foundation, then there is nothing to build upon. So you have Mm -hmm. people kind of stray and scattered throughout the world trying to do the best they can do as individuals when God has intended all of us to be a part of an institution called a a family. family. And uh, and so I think God's blessing and God's purpose is for the family. And mm-hmm. when we understand family vision, family purpose, family values, mm-hmm. uh, family traditions, mm-hmm. all of those things, then individuals who come out of what we used to call good stock, sure. they are able to prosper in this life. So it's a foundation that is being ripped, I think, out of the country. And uh, it, it will prove fatal, I think, to this nation if we don't do something to restore families. Okay. So what, I mean, is it, in, have you found it, you know, from pastoring and traveling the world that you're seeing families broken apart or people not really holding on to their family? Uh, well, what, what I've noticed as a pastor is I talk mm-hmm. to a lot of individuals, okay. but their problems are rooted, their mm-hmm. problems are much deeper than what they're experiencing. Okay. It, it goes back to their family of origin, okay. their relationship that they had with their father or the relationship mm-hmm. that they didn't have with mm-hmm. their father. Mm-hmm. Then you talk to their father. It has to do with the relationship he had with his father. Here's a story, mm. and this is a true story. Uh, uh, there was an individual who 
was, I would call him by all standards, a very successful uh, person, uh, very successful, but he was somewhat depressed because he couldn't uh, change the issues uh, that his uh, daughter was facing. Mm. Um, um, Let's just say his child. Sure. Uh, And he was heartbroken about it. But when he was counseled regarding his daughter, he began to talk about his own hurt Mm. that he received from his father. Mm. And this man is 70 plus years old, still carrying a hurt from his own father. Wow. And so a lot of the family dynamics um, that were meant to be a blessing. Sure. If the family goes wrong, it can become, um, it can leave some of the deepest wounds and scars in a person's life that shapes their personality, mm-hmm. that shapes how people go into the world. Mm-hmm. And so my thing is, you can't really heal the individual until you heal the home they come from. Mm. So it's interesting you say that. You said you can't. So is it? So if if I'm a person, you know, and I'm sure you've heard this often, where you know I, d- I had a messed up family, a, mm-hmm. a family structure. How do I survive? How do I still move on you know i know some people using their story maybe a, they use it as fuel to 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 combat it how how do you address that see see i used to run from my uh, things that i've experienced in my own personal sure. family life i used to run from it so i'm gonna be just the opposite right. from what right. i used to see in the family right. but me trying to be the opposite mm. of what i was experiencing is still me running from me mm. Still me being influenced by what was. Mm. Being the opposite wasn't the answer. I had to go back and deal with my hurt. That's good. Deal with my pain. Deal with what wasn't right. And once I can reconcile myself with my past, then I can just be me as opposed to trying to be the opposite of what they were or somebody was. That's interesting, you know, especially with fathers. I know a lot of times fathers, you know, that's a big thing. They said, you know, going back to what we were just talking about there where they're trying to. Uh, do everything opposite of what their father's done before, ex- you know, putting a lot of energy into it and all those good things. But you're saying that they st- we still got to get back to handling and addressing that hurt. The issue, yeah, the wow. issue. Because it's a trauma. People mm. people try to live above the trauma, run from the trauma. But the very fact that they're trying to live above it and run from it is an indicator that they're influenced by it. Mm. And the, the goal is not to be influenced by it. It's to go heal it so okay. I can just live freely. Wow, okay. And, and I run into thousands of people that are running from their past wow. one way or another. Gotcha. And as long as they're running from it, they are not directing their life. They're running from something. Right. God doesn't want us to run from things. He wants us to run to something, to set a course, okay. to aim at a target. And you can't aim at a target running from something. Okay, so that's a good question. Let's go back to uh, father. I'm sticking with the father. Thing. I good. think that's a, that, that's a big thing with a lot of guys out, that are out here grinding. So you asking me to go back to my father? and repair that relationship or, or is it, is it something that I just need to address? What is it specifically that I'm going back and confronting? I don't think or you, how that look? Yeah. I don't think you always have to go back to your father. Okay. Sometimes that's not possible. Sometimes father's not available. Sometimes sure. father's not willing. Okay. <laughs> you know, it sure. Could be all right. Right. Uh, but you have to go back to the hurt mm. or if it's the rejection or mm. the abandonment mm. or however that relationship damaged you. Okay. And I've run into so many young brothers specifically who have been damaged by the absent father or by a father that was abusive in some kind of way to their mother. Mm -hmm. Uh, It how did the person react to Mm -hmm. that? 
What 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 occurred in them? How did it shape their thinking? Mm-hmm. That's what I call the damage mm-hmm. from the traumatic experience. Okay. I can't change the past, but I can change how the past affected me. Okay, that that's what you can do, right? And so, if I change how the past affected me, then I can set a course for life. If I don't look at the damage that has taken place, then I'm running from the past, mm-hmm. and it's hard to hit my targets running from the ghost of yesterday. Got it. Okay. So um, I hear in your, in the series a lot, you're talking about legacy, right? Yes. You, you know, leaving it on to the next generation. And, um, you know, in some, some of our families, you know, we're the first to do X. We're the first to do Y. Uh, what does leaving our legacy look like? Or, or wh- well, let me start with this, uh, Sherrod. Um, the family name mm. is central to healing a family and positioning a person to leave a legacy mm. and we've talked about it you know sure names come from paternity mm. or you know like we were saying um if the father's name was peter's peter's they called him peter's son right or john they called him john's son so right. names were conferred upon people based on uh okay. the father's name or based on where they lived they were they lived by the water. They were called the Atwaters. If they lived by the brooks, they were called the brooks. Okay. Or conferred upon them with by their occupation. If okay. they were carpenters, they were called the carpenter. Right. That's not really a person's genuine name. Ah, okay. That's a name conferred based on circumstantial things. Okay. The true family name is the character mm. that that family or the family values that they embrace. Mm. The character. My name is based on my character. Okay. And I believe a family that says we are the kind of family that are people of faith or we're the kind of family that that are uh, that grind. Yeah. We have a work ethic sure. that becomes our character or our name, okay. our disposition. OK, that has to be transferred from generation, from generation. to generation. Okay. And that kind of good core values, that's what they are, core sure. values. Sure. They will produce a certain kind of product. OK. Okay. And today, when I look at legacy, I'm looking at what fathers are really passing on to their mm-hmm. sons. Yes, we should pass on material possessions. Mm-hmm. We need to pass on a leg- uh, inheritance to our second, uh, uh, to our children's children, as the scripture says. Mm-hmm. But more important than money, we have uh, to pass on character. I love it. I love character. it. I love it. I love it. Um, so that's interesting, you know, um, you know, because people, you know, the father can pass away and, and people can still identify uh, an individual or a child like, oh, you, I see that's, you know, you, you're smart like your father or you're athletic, whatever the case may be. But they're able to identify some things based upon um, what they may have extracted from the father um, that may have passed away. And I see that a lot. Um, what other things? So you're 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 doing a lot of stuff with the family. So yes. um, what what other areas or uh, things that you can help us understand as we're out here grinding and we're trying to build things? Like what can we? How can we incorporate family in that grind? If, if, if I could put it that way. <laughs> well, well, number one, it takes generations, uh-huh. and I use the term plural okay. generations to produce an empire. Okay, generation. If you look at ah. all the generations. If you look at all the empires, family empires, sure. I, I, the, as a matter of fact, we know families rule the world, not nations, not institutions. It's actually families. Families are Certain behind families. the institutions powerful ruling family. the world. Yeah. They're powerful families. Mm-hmm. And when you check, when you look at them, you find out that they've been, in, in, they've held their family together for generations. Mm. So one generation is supposed to build upon another. Okay. So I know 
mm-hmm. that what God is doing through me won't be fulfilled in my lifetime. Mm. So I'm already looking at my grandsons Got it. Yes. and I'm thinking, what will I leave for them? And how do I train them mm. to continue mm. what I started? So maybe in three generations and through three generations is considered a dynasty. Okay. So in three generations, our family may have more clout, mm. more economic power, more social power. So I see my family four and five generations down, down the line. line. Ooh, okay. So I'm grinding today right. not to be an end in into myself, but sure. a means to an end. Ah. I'm going to pass the baton like a relay team. So it's bigger than you. It's bigger than me. I love it. I have to get up. My why mm. is not just me. Mm. It's four generations down and the road. And it's just not just the people in the house, right? No. It's, oh, it's beyond that. Wow. Yes. We have to think four and five generations down the road. And there, and there are things that I will do and then I'll be done. Uh See the dream that God gives you is much larger than your lifetime. Okay. God never gives a person a dream that can be fulfilled in their lifetime. Ah. They have to have children to pass the baton to. Okay. Well, that's an interesting thing that you said. They have to have children. Yes. And I don't mean that they have to, but what, if, what about an individual who may not have children? Well, let's use the term they have to have family. Okay. Family. So it don't have to be their biological children. Okay. Uh, it could be their niece, their nephews, okay. their cousins. Yeah. But okay. as long as it's in the family. family. Got it. God intended for families to become empires. Mm. And when you see it that way, you, you can see how you can yes. impact your niece and your nephew if you don't necessarily have your own uh, son or daughter, you can still pass on things. Pass on things. Mm-hmm. I know you don't have children, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you have a daughter. Yes. You, have, you have your daughter. I'm sorry. You have yes. your daughter. Um, but I have three daughters too. So mm-hmm. so I don't I don't have any sons right, right. in the my sons. first right. uh, uh, line or downline. We would use that term. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my daughters are powerful. Mm-hmm. They can do wonderful things. So we're passing things to them. But I'm but I know they don't have the seed. Right. So they all married into they'll marry into other families and right. so they'll still carry their father's message. Right. But I'm looking to my grandsons to also carry the name. Right. Yeah. And to carry the family. So we're all one big family, but right. God's purpose is that these groups become formidable forces in the world. Mm-hmm. And just think, if if a family an individual is born into a family already structured, mm-hmm. already with a vision, mm-hmm. already with a mission, mm-hmm. already with core values. Right. already with systems, you know, then just, that, that person will be groomed to be. Presidents don't just become presidents. They're, no, they're, groomed, they're groomed to, to be. be. Wow. Some of us don't wake up until we're 20, 25, right. 30. Some people have been being groomed since mm-hmm. they were five. Mm-hmm. And that's what we can do with the next generation. That's, that's powerful you say that because I think a lot of times, you know, just to know that someone has already, that's not that they mapped out your whole life, but they you have some things in place that you're, you know, as you're able to pull from. You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of going back to that next generation. If there's, if we just use it from money standpoint, we know that there's money left to another generation that yes. that can get you a little bit further. You know what I mean? That same thing can happen with, you know, uh, uh, you know, um, other characteristics that you pass on to the next generation that puts them further. Some of it could be in their talents, their gifts that you're, you're, you're grooming and, and, and molding. Is that, is that what you're saying? That's someone? exactly what I'm saying. It takes time mm-hmm. to, to hone your gifts. Mm-hmm. It takes time and you need an apprenticeship. You need a mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, Elisha in the Bible mm-hmm. uh, served Elijah mm-hmm. for like 20 years. Wow. People just thought the double portion came on him. No, okay. he was being mentored. We missed that, don't we? Yeah, we said, just let the double portion come on him. No, no. He was being mentored for a long time. Yeah. And it is in the mentoring yes. that you're prepared to 
walk and to receive and to get the thought. You right. know, so what's behind the grind? Um, we're thinking generations down the road. We're thinking family empires. Mm. We're thinking transformation of an ethnic group. Mm -hmm. If we can start building families, that's the only way that we're going to uh, cause even the ethnic group to overcome. Yes. Individuals have a short lifespan and it is simply not long enough to change what has happened in our world. Wow, it's powerful, powerful. <laughs> so let, let, let's, we're going to kind of shift a little bit. Um, I know that you're, you're a pastor's pastor, right? Um, <laughs> that's what they say. That's what they say. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, how do, how do you, how do you pastor pastors? Right? You know, and when I say that is, you know, you know, there's a lot of people out here do, who are, you know, they're leading organizations and they're, they're powerful in their own right. How do you get to a place where you're able to, to even interject and provide advice to individuals that are already leading a group of people? Well, number one, uh, everybody needs somebody. Okay. And that's just the reality. Okay. You know, I know that, you know, people get up on the Sunday mornings and, and project, and, yeah. you know, and it'll look as if they don't need anything sure. in that hour. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but the reality is they have families, they have children, that sure. life is happening to them. Sure. And you need someone that can speak into your life. And so I, I, uh, mentor some pastors. I coach some pastors. Mm -hmm. um, I speak into their life situations. And, you know, uh, I think one of the reasons that you hear about pastors committing suicide mm. or pastors burning out mm -hmm. is because they don't have anybody to talk to. Mm. And not just pastors. I'm talking CEOs of companies. This is true. Uh, sometimes when you get to, quote, the top of your field, People assume you don't need help. So you're saying not just even pastors. You, you're saying oh, at all levels. All levels. We, we, there's someone we should be um, uh, being groomed by or mentored by. Is that a better way Ju to say? Judges. Mm. I mean, I, you know, I had the opportunity to talk to a mm. lot of people. Sure. On In different sectors of society. Yeah. And the needs are the same. That's why I like to travel. Ah, Wherever I go, yes. people have the same basic needs. Yes. And yes. of whether they're speaking this language or that language or the other <laughs> language, I know the needs are the same. They, that they, don't change. That don't change. <laughs> they they, they want to be successful. That's true. They want to have meaning in their life. They yeah. want to know why they exist. Yes. They want to have loving relationships, you know. And build their family. They want to build their family, want to be accepted. Yes. All of those things, are, you know, are there. They want to be acknowledged. Right. And so you 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 zero in on the human uh, a need and the human condition. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of a specialty of mine, I think, uh -huh. the human condition. I spent a lot of time studying oh. human beings. What, what, what do you mean by that? I like that. Fascinated by that. Yeah. Human condition. What does that mean? The human condition, how we were made, what we've become, okay. how life impacts us, okay. where we are. They would call it, they, would, they might would call it, you know, psychology or okay. and sociology all mixing together. Sure. I call it the theology of psychology and the theology of sociology. Okay, you got to break that down a little bit. <laughs> In other words, I look through the <laughs> lens of God okay. at the human being in his condition. Okay. And I allow God to to give me understanding of why people are like they are. I've ah. been fascinated with that. Ah. And and I've studied for years in this one area. If you listen to most of my messages, yeah. it's dealing with the human condition and trying to take us from one place to the next. Okay. And that's the work we do with justice and peace and all the things we do. It's all about trying to bring healing mm -hmm. and blessing to the human being, but making the right moves uh, that need to be made mm -hmm. and curing problems or solving problems. That's oh, what we do. Okay. So with that being said, um, I know you've got some work that you, you're, you're doing as far as uh, communities. Are you doing some things as, with uh, Hugh Daniel Smith Ministries with, with communities? Yes. Uh, we, I'm, uh, we've established what we call the um, Justice Network. Okay. 
um, and this particular network um, hears cases and difficulties ah. that happen in life, okay. and we go advocate where there are injustices. So kind of like a mediate? Yeah, we, we, we advocate. We, oh, we, we advocate. can okay. mediate, okay. you know, I'm a trained mediator too. Oh, okay. But <laughs> I'm a civil mediator. Okay. Be done to, to help in the process, you know, um, to rebuild. You know, um, some people still look at Detroit and, and know that it's glory days, and, and we're looking to see it get back to those days, and maybe even better. Is there some answers to that? Well, first of all, um, you know, I'm not a Detroiter, okay. so I'm from Battle Creek, but I'm trying to uh, build alliances okay. and have more, I would say, local presence here. Okay. And one of the things that I'm doing to, to <laughs> increase my local presence is uh, I'm in the process of becoming a chaplain oh, for wow. the Detroit Police Department. Really? Right, right okay. now. And, wow. I, and I'm doing this. Oh, that's um, huge. Yeah, I'm doing this uh, <laughs> to increase my local presence, also okay. uh, to connect to Detroit right. in a very intimate kind of way. Okay. Um, and we, there, we, 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 what our role is to try to improve relationships yes. between the police department and the community. Yes, which is huge. And so that's kind of the thing I do anyway. So we're going to get involved at that level. Okay. Uh, and uh, so oh, we're, we're going through the application process right now, as okay. a matter of fact. So okay. if I'm approved. Okay. That's what you'll be doing. <laughs> then, I, then I'll be doing that. <laughs> but but I, I have high hopes for Detroit. Number okay. one, God showed me a vision about Detroit in its uh, future. Okay. And this is what's really driving me. I saw Detroit uh, coming all the way, I don't know what it was, fully, okay. but coming back into a very beautiful place. Okay. I know there are a lot of families, yeah. again, yeah. that are behind the scenes, yeah. uh, pouring monies into Detroit, oh, sure. trying to turn things around. I know Midtown has kind of come yeah. back, and what we're trying to get the neighborhoods. Yeah. I think some of what Detroit needs, again, uh, is uh, the rebuilding of families. Uh, so it still it kind of leads back, back to family. There. We yeah. put together a program uh, that, that is called, uh, we call it a family uh, preservation okay. program, uh, builders and preservation program. Okay. And we're going to try to do run as many people through this program as possible okay. in our local church, but also in the city of Detroit. What and does the program look like? It is designed to help families restructure okay. their family unit. And I'm not just dealing with their, local, their, sure. their household, but... Really, we're giving them the tools to build their family all the way over again. And we're going to talk this family doctrine uh, and, and literally work with families okay. until their homes are set up the way I think God intended for them to be or the way where I think they will have the most uh, success in their life for generations yeah, to come. Yeah, kind of providing some of that. Many of the that, things that I've learned over the years. Yeah. You know, some of the stuff that we're going to be sharing in the program, I wish I would have been taught when okay. I first started. Okay. Uh, but I know if they employ the principles that we have, okay. we're going to see... A significant change okay. uh, within the city of Detroit. So it sounds like you're hopeful and, and you, you're, yes. you're, you're feeling feeling good about uh, the direction Detroit will be going at some point here. Very optimistic. Yeah. And notice the twofold uh, 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 work. It has to start at the top mm -hmm. where it is already working, and sure. there has to be better policies, and we have to get the right people in office, and we got to okay. deal with the whole legislative agenda. Sure. And the governmental side of Detroit, you okay. know, if there's any corruption and all that stuff has to be cleaned up and that's where justice comes in. Okay. Everybody has to get their fair shake. Yeah. So I'm in that area. Okay. But also we have to build from the ground up. Okay. Some people say Let's, it's all about what happens at the top. Some say it's all about grassroots. I think you need both. Okay. We need to change the atmosphere. Okay. By, by having just policies and 
laws of access for all people yeah. and all of those kinds yeah. of things. And then at the same time, people have to build their own households and their own lives so they can take advantage yeah. of the things that are coming down the pike. Will you address uh, poverty and things like that, Absolutely. finance and yes. stuff like that? Yeah, that'd be yes. awesome. I'm going to be a part of it. I mean, right. Yeah, yeah. I'm going mean, to be a part right, of the right. conversation. <laughs> uh, uh, and to me, that's what the kingdom is all about, right. is being a part of the conversation, trying to influence for the right. purpose And of you life. attract, at the end of the day, you attract the resources yes. necessary to... To get the job done, but it sounds like you you seem uh, very uh, optimistic about yes, the changes very much, happening. Very so much, very much. Is that to say that you're gonna stick around in the Detroit area for a while? I, I'm <laughs> I'm actually I think I'm here for the duration. That's good. I think God okay. has planted me here. Uh, I will travel and go to other places, but this is home. That's good. This That's is good. home for me. That's good. Well, uh, well, it's been great so far. I mean, I'm enjoy. I enjoy. Obviously, always enjoy talking to you. But I just figured we'd take a time, take the time, and just kind of. Talk it up on the podcast and have the conversation that we need to have here on the uh, podcast. But before we get out of here, um, and you may or may not know, how can people follow you or how can they connect or what, what's the best way to? Well, well, you can look at HughDanielSmith.com. Okay. Or you can catch me on SoundCloud, Bishop Hugh Smith on, oh, SoundCloud. You on SoundCloud. Yes. Okay. Or you can catch us on our <laughs> Facebook page. All right. Uh, or you can Google the church's information, Embassy Covenant okay. Church, you know, okay. any of those places we are. Okay. We're not everywhere, but we're in a lot sure. of places. Sure. Um, and, um, you know, I would love to connect with your audience. Okay. I think you're doing a good job. Oh, I'm well, excited about what you're doing. When I look at your stuff on the social media, it excites me. Oh, well, that's it good It makes to hear. me want to go <laughs> study or something or, or, or go work hard. There it is. Makes me want to put some more time in to perfect what I do. Oh, you're so kind, Bishop. Appreciate it. Um, but um, before we get out of here, uh, one more thing. Um, you know, what, what, what's a good book that you could recommend for my audience or something, uh, a good movie or something? That, that Yeah, there's a book uh, by Alistair uh, Campbell called okay. Winners. Yes. And it chronicles the lives of certain individuals, and it looks at what they did to win in their particular field. I think it's a great book, a great read. Um I also believe that it's a way of coaching yourself ah. or being mentored. And so we encourage people to read yes. the life stories of other people and how they did what they did. It's That's a way good. of mentoring. That's good. It's yes. kind of like what I'm doing here. I'm trying yeah. to bring people in to hear these stories as well. So yes. awesome. I enjoyed the time. Um, I hope you did. I, I did. I did. I did. <laughs> and once again, you know, typically, you know, we have, uh, you know, entrepreneurs and different individuals, but I'm glad that you took the time to, 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 to share. On on, the, on this this podcast, and you know you didn't have to, but I really appreciate it. So, um, I guess that's all we have at this moment. Is there anything else you want to leave before? Thanks we... for inviting me, Sharon. Well, You're doing a great job. I really appreciate it. And Bishop. he's one of the uh, <laughs> guys that I believe will take it to the next level. I appreciate it. All right. Well, until the next time, this is Sharad on Behind the Grind.